0: back to yes that actually happened the history podcast of humanity's weirdest endeavors and oddest moments hopefully everyone is having a good week i know i'm roasting and can't wait for the humidity to drop
1: i am also here hi
0: don't forget to listen to jay's other podcast high school author wannabe
1: yeah come check out um high school author wannabe it's on a little hiatus right now but it will be back and then uh I also do live streams on Friday, where me and my friends talk about the queer experience, and that is Jay is an astronaut on Twitch.
0: Today on our Strange But True History, we're doing part three of our odd crimes and mysteries in history. Keep in mind that some of these details will be a bit grittier than our regular format, so listener discretion is advised. For today's show, we will be investigating some murders that occurred in Germany. Ooh. That remains unsolved and a very odd mystery. Next, we'll travel to California for some famous escapes in the Alcatraz prison that remains unsolved. And with that said, let's get started.
1: All right, hit me. All right,
0: this incident occurred back in 1922. Ooh. On the night of March 31st, this little bitty barbarian farm, someone murdered six people, which included Andreas Grubber, 63, his wife, Cazilia, 72, daughter Victoria, 35, and her children, Cazilia, as well, 7, and Joseph, who was 2, along with their maid, Maria, who was 44. Okay. Now, this wouldn't be remarkable, you know, if, you know, some family got murdered, except for the weird things that occurred within the weeks of the murders and some of the theories of who did it. Okay. Maria Baumgartner was a new maid. She had only just arrived to work at that house that day. Mm. Six months before the murders happened, the original maid quit because she heard weird noises in the attic and assumed the house was haunted.
1: That's exactly what I would do, though.
0: Within the month of the murder, a newspaper from Munich appeared on the property, except it didn't come from the family and the surrounding neighbors. So how did this random newspaper get there? That wasn't the only weird thing that took place. There were also footprints in the snow that led to a building on the farm that was broken into, but they never found anyone. Also, they continued to hear footsteps in the
1: attic and allegedly looked, but found nothing. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a ghost in there.
0: See? I already knew you were going to say that. <laughs> However, remember, newspaper. Ghost. This Newspaper from Munich showed up and these footprints. Like I will, I will give you the the footsteps in the attic if that was the okay. only thing that occurred. But with the other stuff, okay. it's like someone's in their house. Okay, hang
1: on, hang on a second. Maybe I, I think I got lost. So. So the, the, footsteps, the footsteps in the attic, I got that down. Yeah, and, and that could be I don't weird things. The newspaper, like, just, they just
0: found a random newspaper on their property that's from Munich, which isn't nearby, and none of their neighbors subscribe to that newspaper, so no one knows how this newspaper showed I up I feel like
1: house. a ghost still makes more sense than a person, because what is someone doing carrying a newspaper all the way there, only to then drop it on the property when they sneak in the attic? Well, we'll get more Why into this. Why would they this. bring it? Bring a book.
0: Let's in through the timeline of what they know happened at this time. That afternoon, noon, the new maid shows up. Her sister went with her, stayed for a little bit, but then left. Mm-hmm. Cause, so she was like the last person to see these people alive, except for the murderer. Okay. Sometime that night, the grandparents, the mother, the daughter, were drawn or taken to the stable and murdered with blows to the backs of the heads.
1: When you say blow, do you mean like... Yep, like Love not, not like an, a-
0: yeah, not an axe, the blunt side of an axe. I think. Okay. Then the two-year-old who was sleeping in his bed and the maid who was still in her room were also killed with the same weapon in the same manner. Mm-hmm. The murders weren't discovered for several days despite numerous people being on the property and noticing the family wasn't around. Coffee sellers went there the day after the murder. So did this guy named Albert Hoffner who went there on the 4th to fix a food chopper a farm equipment. During this time, the family didn't show up to church, the daughter didn't show up to school. So finally, this man named Lorenz Schlittenbauer, Michael Pohl, and Jacob Sigel went to the farm and then found the family in the barn. After a little more investigation, they found the young boy and the maid in the house. Cute. Now, here's where your kind of ghost theory and the idea of someone being in the house is a little less plausible. Mm. So when the police showed up, there were signs that days after the murder— till the discovery that this murderer stayed in the house and
1: cooked and ate meals and slept in their bed it could still be a ghost and i'm going to stand by that with my whole heart there's, there's too many things that don't add up ghost.
0: i can totally see someone sneaking into this house and just living there and people not really realizing he was there and then just like kill 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 kill
1: because think about it if he was Why like this drifter he dropped he probably, didn't, he probably didn't do it on
0: purpose. He was I'm probably mad like, at him
1: for bringing the newspaper.
0: It just adds to the interesting layers of, like, the family obviously are not that concerned with all these weird things happening. You'd think you would go at least look in the attic and see if someone's there.
1: Apparently not. I, no, because if it was me, I'd be like, oh, it's a ghost. We have to move right now. Well, either way, you wouldn't stay there. Okay, fair. I will say this is not the only time
0: someone's lived in a house occupied and remained unnoticed. This is why I'm feeling as plausible someone's in God there. Is. In 2008, a man in Japan thought it was weird that he was running out of food faster than normal. After so. a while, he got a camera, set it up indoors, kind of like the Blink cameras or like a Google-style mm-hmm. one. It pinged one day while he was at work, and he saw a woman stealing food out of his fridge. So he called the police. He met him there. They thought someone broke in, but everything was still locked. And there was no sign of it being I tampered read ahead with. And I got scared. So they go inside, they poke around, they find her on the top shelf of a closet, hidden Ew. behind like a sliding door where he couldn't really see her. She'd been living there over a year, like had a mattress and everything. Used to like, shower in the attic or something. Um, kind of in a closet, but like not like a closet where you just look in and could see someone, like kind okay. of like hidden up. In
1: oh, I had a closet like that. By packed it full of stuff so people would not hide in there imagine
0: someone living in your house or apartment and not knowing that they're there i hate
1: that i hate it so much like if they're creeping and crawling in the attic disgusting
0: but i'm just saying like so if this happened in 2008 this is 1922 i can totally picture
1: this kind of thing i'm not saying it's not probably a person living in the attic. I mean, I'm a, saying I want it to be a ghost.
0: Okay, you want it to be a ghost but you understand it's probably not a ghost. So. Let's move on to the suspects.
1: Ooh.
0: Suspect number one, ghost. Carl Gabriel. Carl was Victoria's husband, so like the daughter of the two older. Uh, he died in World War One, although there was no body found. Could theoretically maybe, be alive. Maybe his ghost came back and did it. Oh, this is weirder. <laughs> Now, the two-year-old Joseph was Victoria's illegitimate child who Ooh. was born when he was off at war. Okay. It was believed that the father of the child was none other than Andreas, her own father. Ew. They had an incestuous relationship that was both documented in court and known in the village. Documented in court. Yep. Like it was actually Ew. documented. Like they, everyone knew this was going on. Theory is the husband didn't die. Found out about it murdered the whole family
1: uh i'd be upset if i was if that ever happened anywhere near me in my life if someone mm -mm, i'd be like sorry i can never speak to you ever again suspect number two since
0: obviously they never discovered if this guy was actually alive or not lorenz schlittenbauer one of the guys who found the bodies yes so also potential contender to being Joseph's father
1: no does anyone know who whose baby this is well, it's definitely Victoria's. Well, we know that for a fact. One reason he went with the
0: others is that he had a key to the house. First, they had to break into the barn to find everybody, but he magically had this key that he was able to get mm. into the house, and they're like, well, how do you have this key? And he went into the house alone before everyone else, when they're like, why are you going in there alone? The murderer could still be there, and he's looking for his son, is what he said. He also seemed to know things during the investigation that Wait, the murderer would know. looking
1: for his son doesn't that prove it? it's his kid?
0: I don't know if he just assumed it was his kid or if – because I don't think – I never saw anything actually substantiated whose child it was.
1: You know when people are like, oh, we need to go back to, like, Victorian times because they were, like, so proper and whatnot? This is the 20s. Roaring well, 20s. okay. Not exactly the 20s. You know, you know what I mean Englands. when I say that, though? Like, yes. olden times are like, oh, they wish you <laughs> go back. They were just so proper. Um – Lots no. of things going on. <laughs> People never have been and never will be. Yeah. Suspect set number
0: three, the oh, Gump brothers. One. Their sister said that the, her brothers committed the murders when she was on her deathbed, and Anton was arrested, although the other one, Adolf, was already dead. They never found any proof that any of this was substantiated.
1: Well, then why are they on the list?
0: Why because they, they were at least arrested. Like, they looked at them. Oh, okay. Uh, Carl and Andreas S. in 1971. Now, mind you, this is like 50 years after the murder happened. Mm -hmm. This lady named Teresa claimed in a letter that her mother was visiting their mother and their mother said that they did it and that Andreas lost his penknife in the event.
1: Hmm. Nothing came out of that either. That'd be a pretty weird thing to make up, though. Yeah,
0: attention seekers, things like that. But that's like so weirdly specific. It's like not that. Okay, big of but a case. who's who who's who commits murder? Their mom knows, and then their mom goes and randomly tells a different person. Exactly
1: what I would I, do.
0: I feel like if that happened, it would have came to light much earlier. At least more likely to. Because if I was being told by someone else that like my kids committed murder, I'd be like, "Okay, your kids committed murder. Cool, great, nice, nice to see you."
1: I would tell Police? everyone I know. Please? Immediately. This is why I would never invite you along if happenstance I happen to. Okay, well, if you call me to, like, hide a body, I'm not going to tell people. Actually, I still probably would. But, like, I wouldn't tell a lot of people. But. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Good to know. I wouldn't tattle on you. I would just, like, be like. Did you hear know. what happened? Just what I, I did. I had the weirdest night. <laughs>
0: Um, so another suspect, Peter Weber. He allegedly talked about the farm and suggested stealing the money that was on the farm at one point to a man named Joseph Betts, but never really brought it up again. He so, didn't do it. At least he thought about
1: stealing from them. Yeah, well, stealing and murder are pretty far apart.
0: Um, these other guys called the Bichler brothers and George Siegel. This is a theory brought up by a, the former maid who quit six months before the murders happened. Mm-hmm. One of the brothers had worked on the farm and the family dog was very familiar with him. Hmm. I guess the family had quite the fortune. and It was known by the brothers and George, who had been accused of breaking into the house previously and stealing items, although that was never proven. Mm-hmm. However, if he did do that, I mean, it seems reasonable that he would have broken it again and maybe got caught. And killed everyone. No witnesses, man. No witnesses. But in
1: the way that they were killed, it wouldn't make sense that way.
0: That's true. Breaking
1: and they're not going to be all the way in the barn unless someone dragged them there, but that's a lot of work. And that and would and would that would see. see
0: in the snow because it was around that time. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that one. Yes. Thaler Brothers, another suggestion from the maid, he would talk to her through her window about the family. He said <laughs> that he knew where the family slept at night and that they were loaded. Mm. So I don't know how these people this I family was loaded but like there's a lot of theories
1: them, that say but i don't think loaded i think um it was i the feel like it, guy.
0: i feel like it has to do with the kid
1: i think it has to do with the kid because there are so many people who are like i don't know this baby belongs to so maybe he's mine i
0: think there was also like people speculated maybe she went to him and asked him for money for the kid and so he maybe just was mm. like i don't want to do this anymore i don't know <laughs> i can't do this Last theory, Paul Mueller. Uh, this was a theory by author Bill James. He was a German immigrant who committed many murders in the United States in a similar fashion as far as the weapon goes. The author thinks he might have traveled back to Germany to escape the cops in the United States and end up committing murders on the farm in Bavaria. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to hold up to me. It, it just seems really far-fetched that like this random German immigrant who happened to kill people in the same manner in the United States then randomly kills a bunch of
1: other people on the farm. Nah, they're just pulling up strong. This is the second guy. I already know.
0: Yeah, so that could be a judge. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll ever be officially solved, but I can see someone, like, maybe someone living in the attic, and, like, again, people, like, that oh might God. not even necessarily be connected to actual murders. Maybe it's just, like, a vagrant yeah. who happened to travel in the area and stay there because he thought people weren't going to catch him.
1: I think it had to do with the baby. I think there was still a ghost. I think it's the ghost of the first guy teaming up with the second guy. That's my final answer.
0: Okay, at least you're at least inserting a real person to this, so I'm okay with that theory. It's a win for you. Basically. It is a win. <laughs> now to our prison escape. Yay! This took place in 1962 and was by no means the only prison break in Alcatraz. It was one of the most notable ones, however. In order to stand this, let's get a little more background on the prison itself. It was opened in 1934 as a federal penitentiary about one and a half miles off the mainland in San Francisco Bay. And it housed all kinds of famous people, including Al Capone. Yes. During the years it was operating, 36 prisoners attempted to escape. There were 14 official attempts over the 29 years, 23 people were caught. Six were shot for their attempt and died. Two drowned. Their bodies were recovered. And five were never found but presumed drowned, which includes the three that we're going to talk about from 1962. Okay. These men, Frank Morris, John, and Clarence England, were bank robbers, although they didn't work together. They just kind of were all bank robbers. Mm -hmm. The brothers, I assume, worked together. They actually, the brothers, spent time in Michigan swimming in the lakes. Aw, cute. So they knew how to swim in tough currents. Yeah. Now, the Anglin brothers had attempted to escape before,
1: so you think they would be watched better, but... I mean, maybe they were for, like, a bit, and then they're like, all right, we don't have time. <laughs> Move on to someone
0: else. I mean, I guess people just thought that it was such a hard prison to escape from, but then they had all these escape attempts.
1: Yeah.
0: The original plan included a man named Alan West. They started by using spoons stolen from the cafeteria to dig through the concrete. and I want to say, like, this isn't just, like, oh, I'm just... Easily poking a hole through this concrete. This was like eight inches thick concrete that they were blasting through over time. Spoons? Sharpened spoons. I don't understand if it's sharp, how that makes it. They just kept chiseling away at it over time. I mean, it wasn't like a one night chisel through
1: and get it done thing.
0: Uh, They used painted cardboard to kind of cover up the growing hole in the wall. Uh, Where they were digging through, it was like a hallway that wasn't really used it was kind of like an old service hallway so like it's not like the guards would routinely be walking there and not noticing these giant holes being
1: formed yeah
0: so one of these men had a magazine that included an article how to build a raft so they used these raincoats so they stole from the alcatraz store i think they made raincoats they they used raincoats to make a raft a boat
1: yes how do you make a boat out of raincoats.
0: Well, apparently you read this article in Popular Mechanics, and you realize how to make a raft. I don't think it specifically told you how to do it out of raincoats, but it told you how to make a raft.
1: I highly doubt raincoats were in the raft <laughs> part of the
0: boat. No, like, that's how they, they sewed them together, too. How would it float? I just don't. They, they, they inflated it, but they used, like, that as the outer part of it to float.
1: I really don't understand how they did that.
0: So authorities were able to figure out that they um, went through the utility corridor where they broke out of and used plumbing pipes as steps, got to the cell block roof. They went through a ventilation shaft, shimmied up to the roof, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: climbed down a 50-foot wall, and managed to get over two barbed wire fences still unnoticed by the guards to inflate their little raft. (laughs) And then after about 10 p.m. is when they took off into the waters. is
1: that the sound that it made
0: i don't know what sound does a raft make in the water (laughs) so when they went to leave that night west had issues getting out of his cell i don't know something happened that he couldn't quite get out as much as he would thought he was going to be able to they obviously couldn't wait for him risk getting caught they end up leaving without him When he finally managed to get out, he discovered they were gone, so he just toddled back off to his cell and went to bed. I mean, where else was he going to go?
1: That's so sad. Just go grab some more
0: raincoats, I guess. I mean, by that point, like, they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have any way to get off, where else is he going to do? I don't
1: know, try it again. I guess he's got that (laughs) hole in the wall now.
0: Well, the thing is, is he was cooperative in explaining how and what their plan was, that they, he ended up never getting charged for attempting to escape because he just was back in his cell and he was like, yeah, this is how we did it. This is what we did. It wasn't until the next morning that they were even discovered that they were gone. So, like, whole night. Not even noticed. They made these papier-mâché heads that they painted and had glued
1: hair on. That's well, arts and crafts, how do they hide this shit? And like-
0: I guess they were helping to paint a part of the prison or something like that, or one of them were, or something like that, they were able to hide a lot of their activities, because somehow they just weren't babysat enough during the school. I guess. But they use these little heads, and you know they put a cover in blankets, so it looks like they're sleeping, which it doesn't really pass muster if you're, like, looking at this head, but like, if it's, like, in the bed, and it's dark, and you're not really paying that it's much attention. It's like hedging. the shape of the person. Yeah, and it has the hair, so. Yeah. So, when they were not awake at the time that they were supposed to be awake. I guess like the guard like kind of poked at one of them and like the head fell out onto the floor and like the head's still around and it has like a broken nose because it fell on the concrete floor.
1: Art. Pure art. I know. It actually took them
0: six months to plan this whole thing.
1: So like they really put
0: the effort into this. I have to give them at least a on
1: how they're doing so far. Yeah, they have to get a raincoat like once a week, and someone's got to make the paper mache heads and get the paint, and then they got to make Cut. a wrap. They have to trim the hair to put on the. They got to dig a hole through cement.
0: It's a lot of work. I guess you got a lot of time. Since they escaped, there were numerous tips of either them being spotted or claims of people that they were actually the prisoners. Mm-hmm. Parts of their raft were found washed up, but there was no crime at a local retail store or clothes thefts nearby, which is what West said was one of their plans after they took the raft to another island that was closer to shore and swam the rest of the way. Mm. They would need dry clothes, inconspicuous, you know, not prison uniforms. The fact that there was nothing stolen in that nearby area where they would have been or where they would have washed up is pretty substantial in why they thought that they never actually made it to shore.
1: What if they somehow just, like, got off course?
0: Well, they could have, but again, the raft was washed up, at least in parts, on different, one part of the shore. So it's oh, not okay. like the raft disappeared completely.
1: Maybe they just, like, hitched it further inward and found something.
0: Yeah. I didn't know about this part, but there was a development in recent years. In 2013, the FBI got a letter that was reportedly from one of the survivors of the breakout. Although this has never been actually substantiated. Okay. My name is John Angelin. I escaped from Alcatraz in June 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. I'm 83 years old and in bad shape. I have (laughs) cancer. Yes, we all made it that night, but barely. He went on to say that he was the only one that three left. The other two had died several years before. And he would turn himself in if they only gave him a one-year jail sentence. And he could get medical treatment for his cancer. For a long time, this wasn't even reported to the public or the guy's family. They just buried it. Not real. We're not going to deal with this. One of the nephews, David Widener, said it always has been talked about through the family. My grandmother received roses for several years after the escape. They would also get Christmas cards, which could be the brothers or maybe people just doing it for attention or because they're sick in the head want to mess with the family. But I guess he was really upset that the FBI never really reported it for that long.
1: I think they made it. You think they made it? That's your consensus? That's my consensus. I think they made it. I think they somehow either maybe something happened where they're, like, headed towards their on the little raft, got knocked off so the raft was in and they managed to swim somewhere, or, like, hitched it inland before, like, getting close. I think they made it out.
0: I at least think one of them made it out. Maybe not all of them, I but I think at real. least one of them. You think that the letter was real? Mm-hmm. Who says, I'm in bad shape. I have cancer. I will turn myself in. Give me cancer treatment. It's a last-ditch effort for dying. I guess. There is a movie with Clint Eastwood called Escape from Alcatraz that was released in 1979, dramatizes the story. <laughs> so you had something you were going to
1: share with us. Yes. Are you ready? I have a story for you. Yes. Okay, so this is the Watts family murders. I first found out about this story through Netflix because they had a documentary about it. It's really good. Highly recommend it. Well, we'll put that on my cue list. Yeah. So, a little background. It is 2018, and we're in Colorado, and we are following the family of Christopher Lee Watts and Shanann Catherine Watts. Okay. And they've been married for six years, and they have two daughters, Bella and Celeste. Aww. Which is. My favorite baby name I've ever heard. Celeste. Celeste?
0: It's so pretty. It is very pretty. It's very musical sounding. So what happens to this poor
1: family? All right. They live in a, in a pretty nice house in like nice like suburban neighborhood, which is a little odd because they've declared bankruptcy in 2015. Sounds so. like hidden money. Chris works for a petroleum company, and then Shanann is independent representative for Lavelle Selling Selling
0: Thrive.
1: So basically she's so in a multi-level she's in a,
0: marketing. She's in a pyramid scheme. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. Great. So at the time of our story, Shanann is also pregnant. She's she's preggers with a son who they plan on naming Nico. So they got third on the way. All right. Sounds like typical all-American family. Yeah, the they're the American family. Nice house. Two kids along on the way. So two and a half kids. Two and a half kids. Throw a dog in there. Good to go. After returning from a business trip to Arizona... Shanann got dropped off by her friend Nicole around 2 a.m. on August 13th, 2018. And at the time, Chris is home with the girls. So she gets in, goes to bed, there's, ring, like, there's footage of like the ring cameras or whatever, of her getting dropped off late, going inside. Okay. The next day, Shanann and the girls are reported missing. The next day? The next day.
0: That's very fast. When you think of my other people that were like missing for four days, right? and no one checked in on them.
1: She's reported missing by her friend, Nicole, because she had an OBGYN appointment that she didn't go to. She wasn't answering any texts or calls. And then had also missed a business meeting. So she's like calling her and then finally called the police and was like, they're gone. Okay. So Nicole goes over to the house around 1210. After not getting any response to any knocks or the doorbell, she calls Chris, who's at work, who then calls the police. And then they all arrive at the house. And and Chris is the father, right? Chris is the, yep, the husband. So an officer arrived and did a welfare check around 1.40, and they have footage of this too from this thing, and they walk into the house. There's no sign of her. There's no sign of the girls. Her phone is turned off, and it's at home in her purse, as well as her keys, her medication, and her wedding ring.
0: Okay, that's pretty suspicious. Yeah,
1: and the house, like, I think I talk about this later, but the house is, like, clean. Which is weird because they have kids yeah. and like they're working, but yeah. they're like like no signs of anything bad happened. They were just gone. All of her shit is still there, like her keys and everything.
0: Right. I mean, the wedding band could be like, oh, I'm leaving you and I'm taking the kids, but not leaving yeah. your car and medications. Yeah, that's is the next line. Her car
1: is still in the garage, and like the car seats are in the garage, like in the car.
0: Yeah. How do you take your kids then,
1: piggybacking them? plays us right. carry both to them while she's pregnant yeah the very next day the 14th the fbi joins the investigation right because there's kids involved yeah. they're interviewing chris and he, he he said that he had no idea where they were and then hit have interviews like they put on tv you know where he's ple- like please come back like bring the kids back like where did you go and he had said that he had not seen his wife since 5 15 a.m on the 13th when he left for work Right. They did a search of his home with cadaver dogs, and the house was super clean and orderly. But they found it really suspicious. Well, because yeah, because again, kids being there, and the fact that it's like basically show
0: ready—that's
1: yeah, not right? good. And so Chris was interviewed again, and then arrested on the fifteenth so the day, uh, the day after, I think, or one month after. It was like super fast.
0: That is really um, fast. After failing
1: a polygraph test, but those can't be used in court. Exactly. They, like, try interviewing him after he's arrested. You know, you lied on the polygraph test. Like, just tell us the truth about all this. He wanted to speak to his dad first. Okay. (laughs) This part is also on the documentary. It's, like, so sad. So they they're like yep that's fine so they left because like, there's cameras and microphones so he's also kind of stupid or whatever and um, he know
0: like he doesn't say like I want to talk in private he
1: just says he just says that he wants to talk to his father first because I know
0: like when lawyers come they can't listen to that conversation
1: mm. yeah that's just interesting like to me that he would be able to, anyways that's continue me. that is a good point I was always curious about that I was like I wonder why he I'm I don't sure know if he wasn't like, expecting there to like. And so it's like they allow his dad to come in and then once they're in the room alone, he confesses to murdering Shanann to his dad. And it's so heartbreaking because he's like, Dad, I did it. And he's like, what? He's like, So the dad didn't her. even
0: think that he did it. No,
1: he had no idea what was going on. And he's like.
0: He, like he's well, like
1: he, heartbroken well yeah
0: because that's basically like his daughter-in-law he probably yeah, loved and it's so it involves sad. kids because then the kids are probably gotten too. you're probably thinking why
1: would he it's always
0: like? money or an affair
1: ding 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 chris was having an affair and wanted to separate okay that's fine and i'm not saying it's great to kill your wife over that but like no. why the kids too they were like okay what happened and so this was what he said. He said that she was she had strangled the daughters in response to his request for separating. And in a fit of rage, he strangled her and brought all the bodies to a remote oil storage site where he worked.
0: Okay, so he's claiming that so, she went all... So he's saying... She went crazy yeah. and killed the kids. And so he got mad, so he killed her. Yeah. Which would gain him sympathy of like, oh, he was mad because... Yeah, because she... That's the card he's playing.
1: Yeah. But
0: she was on medication,
1: but I don't know what kind of medication Um, it was. She was on medication for, it wasn't like for mental health. It was a physical thing. I can't remember what it's called. Because last time I said leukemia, and it was not leukemia. It starts with an L. Lupus? Lupus? It might be lupus. Okay.
0: Well, I will say it has happened in other cases where people hear devastating news like that and have gone crazy for a little bit and done such things yeah but whether or not
1: this happened please tell me more Um, the documentary dives more into their marriage and they had like a really unhealthy sex life and they were like fighting a lot like they just didn't have a good marriage and there was a huge fight between Shanann and then his mom they were not good they're not on good terms one of the last things that she said about like his parents was like she never wanted to see them again. So, like, there's also that family drama. case went on, and then he was convicted and found guilty of killing his wife and his technically three kids by, well, two and a half by strangulation. It was considered a family annihilation case, and which is really rare because, according to former FBI profiler Candice DeLong, family annihilators usually commit suicide right after the murders. That's like it's true. The, like they then. kill it and then they kill themselves.
0: Okay. But he didn't
1: kill himself, and they thought that that's like very kind of like the rare. Peterson case. Yeah.
0: Except that it wasn't a whole a huge family; it was just her pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, on an interview with our favorite Dr. Phil. Chris's lawyer claimed that he confessed to killing Shanann after an argument regarding divorce. During the murder, one of his daughters, Bella, walked in. Then he told her that Shanann was sick. He, this is a quote. He loaded Shanann's body and the girls without their car seats into the backseat of his work truck. Later, he smothered them one after the other with um their baby blanket. Because they saw. Because they saw. Like, him strangling so her, and he did, like, what's did, wrong with mom? Oh, she's just sick. Get in the car. <laughs> and if someone asked him later, that would be
0: very suspicious. Mm-hmm. So he never necessarily meant to kill his kids. It just kind of was a, at that point, save face.
1: Yeah, like, he was just all, like, I mean, fit of rage type deal. Killed her. Then the girl walked in, and he was like, oh, oops.
0: <laughs> Oopsies. I still can't imagine having
1: that much... Right? And then he I, I dumps like, Shanann's ugh. body in a shallow grave uh, off the side of the road, and then the girls were dropped into the frickin' oil containers uh, where he worked.
0: That's so disgusting. Yeah.
1: On August 21st, Chris was charged with five counts of first-degree murder and an additional charge for the death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years old, and the defendant was in a position of trust. Unlawful termination of pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. His bail was set at $5 million, and on September 1st, he posted $750,000 and was released. Finally, he pleaded guilty to the charges on November 6th. Good for him for actually owning up to that. And, fun fact, a death penalty was not put forward by request of Shanann's family.
0: I can see that. Like, sometimes you just want them to suffer with what they did, because if it's true and he didn't mean to kill the kids, that's going to lay on his conscience for the rest of his life. Yeah. Not that what he did in general was great, but I'm just saying, (laughs) like... It was great. It was a little rough. (laughs) If he didn't intend to do that, even though obviously he did, let him rot in jail and think about that. True.
1: And then on November 19th, he was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole. And now he is at the Dodge Correctional Institution in Wisconsin and will be there until the day he dies. Thank goodness. Thank.
0: And one day this will be part of history. Yay! All right. Thank you for listening to us. Sorry that things got a little grim. Obviously, <laughs> we strayed a little bit from history, but it was always fun to get told a story by Jay. You said bring a story. And, and you, you brought said a story. Mystery
1: and murder. And this one's a little mystery because there's cool. a lot of
0: twists and turns there. A lot of twists and turns. Stay tuned for next week's adventure. That will include why sources are so important to a historian. We'll feature several events that didn't quite go the way they were described and some other (laughs) facts about primary and secondary sources. With that said, make sure you listen to Jay's other podcasts. And also, I would like to plug in Civics and Coffee Podcast if you'd like to listen to other short history stories. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.